Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Jim. I am so excited about our next guest. This is the Little Things First podcast, everyone, for our listeners. But I want to let you know that we are having a principal come. And I like our, our researchers, but I love our principals because they are right there on the front lines doing some great work. And Jeremy LaCrosse is coming to us from Altona Middle School. And his school has been highlighted for doing some really amazing work with competency-based education. So I just can hardly wait to hear what he's doing in in his school, right? Yeah, in our state, I don't know about other states, but in our state, the move is competency-based personalized learning. That's like the big buzz. Yeah, that's the focus. And I'm feeling a little bit behind because I just feel like, you know, I don't know enough about this. So I'm excited to learn. Yep, me too. And I'm anxious to see how it really looks from a principal's perspective. So let's admit him. He's here and we'll go on. Okay, here he comes. Jeremy, you're there. Thank you. Hey, hi. Hey, thanks for joining us, Tracy Vandeventer. And this is my co-host, Jim Martin with Little Things First Podcast. We are so grateful to have you join us today. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I just want to let you know how we found you. I was okay. uh, I was shown the Canopy Innovative Schools website and uh, I had not heard about it at all. And then your name popped up, especially in the area for competency-based education. And I love one that you're a middle school level, Altona, right? Altona Middle mm-hmm. School. Yep. And then the fact that you have been highlighted for doing this important work, both Jim and I were just confessing to each other that we just don't feel like we really are know enough to be able to implement this right in a building and and so tell us about you tell us about your school and then tell us a little bit about what work you're doing sure um well thanks for having me on uh it's nice to meet you guys um yeah and thanks for reaching out um so i i am the principal of altona middle school which is located in longmont colorado um it's a six seven and eight middle school we, uh, I've been the principal there now six years. I'm a part of a fantastic school district called St. Green Valley Schools, um, very innovative forward thinking school district. Um, and so I've been actually a part of this school district now for 20 years. I, I started as a teacher uh, and, and at the middle, at the high school level and the middle level and uh, moved into a science coordinator role and then moved into an assistant principal role of a STEM uh, focused school where we kind of started up STEM at that school and now been uh, the principal at Altona for uh, six years, um, which is which is a fantastic uh, community and doing some amazing work. Um, so that's kind of a little bit. I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, passion for education, thought I was going to be a chemist scientist, uh, didn't figure out uh that or found out that working in the lab wasn't for me and um, love, love kids, love people. And uh, gradually just, I actually, I didn't think I would be a principal to be honest with you. That kind of just started happening. Um, and so really started founding my, my niche um, as a teacher uh, when I started discovering inquiry-based education. Um, and there's just, there's some stories there that I'm happy to, to get into um, that kind of paved the way to some of the work we did in the science curriculum office and and then you know as our district's been implementing more and more stem uh opportunities for students uh kind of fell more into that and we've been doing a lot of great work at altona um 
not entirely around STEM per, per se, but in, in just in terms of design thinking opportunities for students, uh, project-based learning, um, creating, you know, maker spaces and things like that. Um, so kind of just been fun leading uh, that charge with other people. And uh, it's a little bit about me. And okay, cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's an awesome history. <laughs> Look, you've gotten Jim excited over there. I know I'm ready to dive in. Let's <laughs> go. Let's All it. right. Okay. So I have a question because, you know, I've been mostly at urban schools. I'm in a rural school now. And so I'm wondering what the demographics are, because one of the things that I've always struggled with as a teacher and as a principal is just, uh, I'm always worried about inquiry-based learning. Like I know it's great and I know that it's, um, you know, much more engaging for the students, that's for sure. Um, but I'm always worried that my kids aren't going to learn what they need to learn in order to be ready for the next grade level or ready for the end of the year test. And so what's that balance between explicit instruction and implicit instruction, that inquiry-based? Um, and maybe you'd say that, you know, inquiry-based is explicit. I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm wondering mm -hmm. about is how do we make people like me out there, there's got to be more, uh, feel better about devoting this time to things like design thinking and um you know inquiry based per, yeah inquiry based yeah. personalized learning that kind of thing sure well uh, help me because I'll, I'll go back to demographics but things i want to definitely like to highlight there i think there's a lot around um uh choices and opportunities for kids um is, is at the heart of that uh and and i think and also make it I, I've always believed in depth versus breadth, right? Like, so, you know, making sure, I think that the true learning experiences where kids can transfer their understanding is when they do have deeper, authentic uh, type learning opportunities. And the more we can connect them across curriculum areas, I think that's, that's powerful. I'm, you know, Altona's, Altona's a very diverse school. Um, you know, I, I, I we, we, so Longmont, Colorado, um, so Altona is about, I would say about 20% free and reduced um, school population, um, a great mix of students. Um, we have uh, a, a nice mix of um, special education students, probably about, we're, we're size of about 800 students. Um, I think we have just over about 100 uh, students with special education needs. Um, uh, we house a autism center-based program and a severe needs program, which really is a, a big heart of our school and, and the inclusivity that happens there. Um, we have, additionally, we have probably students uh, about 130 to 150 with advanced learning plans, um, a nice mix of, of students from different backgrounds. And uh, we're doing a lot of work around equity right now and, and making sure we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, ha having that at the forefront. So all students are able to have the same opportunities to be successful. Um, going back to your questions, I, I do, I think I, I, what, I, what I've seen really happen over the past six years at Altona is um, we've, we've, we started with this developing a comfort level around taking risks um, and I think you have every innovations kind of like, um, that ability to create a new idea and some new ideas may not be new out there in the world of education, but for every school has got a unique, 
uh, starting point for because it may be something new to them. And in St. Vrain, we started um, about seven, eight years ago. I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit, but um, I may even be more than that now. Eight, nine years ago, we're um, learning technology plan and we were able to get become a one to one school district um, in our secondary level, six to six through 12. And that's really just opened up opportunities, right? So that opened up the opportunities for pushing or having conversations around going above the line with how to use technology as more of an amplifier of learning um, than just a, you know, a substitution. Um, we've had some amazing leaders that helped drive that uh, initiative. And so that card, that started creating some you know, opportunities to think about how can you, you know, when you go above the line, you, you know, I think you, you can create opportunities to ask um, important questions around the essential learnings um, that can allow kids to go deep. And I think the beauty of technology is it can provide different ways for kids to demonstrate what they know and understand. So not every product needs to look the mm -hmm. same. Um, and so I think that helps in terms of, so technology is, a, is an important tool with that. Um, and certainly over this past year, it's definitely been uh, a big need. Um, yeah. So I think I'm kind of started answering your question there. Yeah, you I did. I mean, what, what is, what exactly is inquiry-based learning? Is it different than personalized learning? Um, I mean, are they one and the same design thinking? How do these ideas all mesh together? Yeah, I think, I think they, they do mesh together. I think you have, um, you know, design thinkings, you know, the ability to empathize, ask questions, um, empathize with the user, um, have brainstorm some ideas, um, you know, be able to, to kind of build something or, or create something and then get feedback. I mean, that feedback and then ideally, having the time to reiterate and make, make some corrections and, and, and do more with it. Um, and I think that's where your, your question was coming from. Like how much time can you do something for before you need to keep moving on? And I think that's a work in progress. Um, I think an inquiry based education starts with a, a question. I think design thinking gets to a question when you start identifying what the, um, the, the user is you're trying to, um, create for, um, you get, you try to find, uh, that essential question that you can dive deeper with and connect those standards to in that learning process. Um, and so, yeah, and I think, you know, just, and then having meaningful projects that go along with that, um, our teachers have, you know, we created a, we created a space. So this, six years ago when I came to Altona, we had a, um, a very, you know, uh, you know, we have an amazing uh, visual and performing arts program in music. And, but one of the things that was lacking was really any opportunities in kind of engineering and computer science. So um, found a, a, a veteran language arts teacher from another school who was, uh, she wanted to, she was becoming passionate about computer science and she um, wanted to come and start up a computer science program. And that kind of fit into our vision and the opportunities we wanted kids to create and some of the things that were starting to happen in our district. So I bring that up because when she came into the school, she created this kind of using um, design thinking, using this philosophy around uh, 
um, choice-based learning. And so students participated, um, some students chose to participate in the Verizon app challenge and they created an app that won destination. Um, wow. It was oh. called Diction Defender. And they created this app and were able to work with some people from MIT um, to create it and put it on the uh, Google Play Store. Um, and that allowed, that brought $20,000 into the school. Additionally, especially beyond that, what that did was allow to create the our idea lab, um, which we built from this, this ground up as this, we wanted to uh, create this space where teach and, and, and staff it so that there was a person in there and her name's Jessica Campbell, um, who was a science teacher in our school that took into this position. And she started collaborating with our uh, teachers in every content area and using design thinking as the foundational piece that led to all these different projects um, through language arts, through science classes, through our family com com consumer sciences classes. So it all allowed for, and then that just starts transcending, right? And trickling into every class you don't even need to go to the idea lab to do this kind of stuff. You can, you can do this stuff in your own classes. It's just, you know, so it's been building and that's kind of where we find ourselves uh, now. That's great. I, I appreciate Jim's question. So just to kind of wrap that up though, I'm wondering, you know, does your district have sort of these required uh, benchmark assessments or other, and, and do you feel that you have any gaps ever in the, in the content that you need to make sure has been addressed when you get to those benchmark opportunities to kind of measure students' growth towards the end of your assessments? Yeah, so yes, we do. We have common assessment. I mean, benchmark assessments through iReady and things like that and um, state testing. And, and there's some common assessments that are, are built across the district for different core classes. And I feel like overall, um, the, the language that Altona has been an ex excellent school since uh, when it was started in 2006. And I think they've won 11 John Irwin School Award, uh, Year Awards, and there's been six Governor's Distinguished Improvement Awards. And the focus for the school was always really reading and math, reading, writing, math, reading, writing, math, which was super important. And we double our time in reading and math classes. We have 80 minutes a day in those classes. And um, oh, but that allows... Um, we started taking, we started, we, we just started changing the conversation a little bit. And is there a little bit of a dip there in our overall CMAS scores? Um, yes, there, there is, um, but not, not drastic. Like, I mean, I think it's like an implementation dip that you would see and kind of expect as you're rethinking. Yeah. So whenever you get into projects and whenever you get into, um, those areas, you have to try to make sure the essential learnings are still at the heart of that sure, sure. and not being, you know, and so that's that muddy. Um, and so, yeah, we do, we have some areas that we're still setting goals on um, for for certain populations in our school. Absolutely. But our scores are overall are still the best, some of the top in this, in the district and across the state in terms of reading, writing, math and science. Yeah. So I think you can do both. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it, you can't do it perfectly all the time and it's okay and so it's okay to kind of rethink and like what did we miss on that unit or that project that was provided and um and it, you know our students able to still demonstrate those, those core learnings that the state's setting out and so forth yeah. so i hope that answers that yeah, yeah. i like 
I like how you've um, taken some of the reforms of the past, you know, focused on reading and math and increasing the amount of time that kids get reading instruction, for example, and you've uh, woven in, you know, a design thinking yeah. element, the inquiry-based learning uh, to accentuate, to make it more real life so that the students have an opportunity to really, I mean, like designing an app, really have an opportunity to see how this all applies to the world that they're going to be entering with some real life yeah. skills, like computer science skills, for example, that, that they're going to need to apply all those, you know, basic foundational skills too. So, I really appreciate that, that you haven't thrown it all out and replaced mm -hmm. it with, you know, mm -hmm. new reforms you've, you've built yep. uh, on, on those things that have worked. So that's and, great. And I'm, and I'm going to point out too, that you talked about essential standards, because I think the truth is whether or not you're doing the personalized learning that you're doing or not, the truth is there's too much inside of every state's core to be able to effectively cover if you limit your school day to the scheduled school day, right? So yep. I think yep. that if you look at the the essentials and focus on those essentials, and especially some of those essentials have big impacts on other standards, I, th I think that's, that's a great um, advice for our listeners, you know, great way to go. Yeah, and this was, I mean, this was kind of hard. When I was the science coordinator, um, and we, I started as a teacher, I started really discovering inquiry-based education and it didn't it didn't mean we threw everything out and maybe it started with one or two projects and it started for me I went to a great workshop called Earthworks which was up in um, Jamestown area of Colorado and 20 different educators from across the country got the invited to this and you worked with scientists and you explored like you asked a question and you collected data around it and to me that's when the light bulb started going my own personal experience was so rewarding over those few days, just diving in. So when I came back and started putting it in the classroom, it was like, I didn't throw everything out. Like, yeah. but I found little units that we could do community action projects that were around data and asking um, the right questions and, and guiding kids through that. Um, and then as we, as I went into the science curriculum position, the, the even, you know, elementary, middle, high, we really started just, diving into what is inquiry um, and, and talking through that and trying to find some curriculum out there that was starting to match that. But I think it started just having that conversation and being okay with that conversation of where are those um, spots that you can maybe, you know, infuse it um, so that kids can go a little deeper mm -hmm. and then having given autonomy to teachers to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I have another question, and that's kind of from the perspective of the organizational change, because as Jim mentioned, you know, there's this is a movement that's building right some some um, speed, and in our state in particular, they really are looking to try to roll out you know personalized competency based education across the state, uh, and so if you were a principal and you were not right in this area at all, what, what advice do you have about how to kind of roll it out? So I've heard two things from you. One, you kind of created a space for your teachers where they could take risks on trying new things. And that seems like that was really important groundwork, right? Or fodder for the, for the work to be able to continue. And then you talked a little bit about different products to be able to show what you know. And by opening that window to sort of have different ways that you measure what kids know was another way to kind of opened up the door a little bit. Um, but I'm curious as a, if you were to kind of engage this and then try to get it across your whole school, what other advice 
do you have for schools about how to roll it out without just getting teachers? Because sometimes if you move too fast, they, they just entrench and they wait you out. Sure. Right. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so you um, want to go enough yeah. so you make progress, but you don't want to burn them and, and lose your chance. Absolutely. Not the great questions. And I think in, in both at Westview, when I was there as the assistant principal and helping to start up the STEM school in Altona, just starting to have conversations around what does it look like? What could things look like differently? All started with um, going and visiting other places, other schools, going to visiting some businesses. Um, so we would go up and go to different districts. We checked out other STEM schools at Westview. Um, we checked out some companies like Spark Fun. Um, we, you know, we, and we did site visits. We went to our own feeder elementary when I was at Altona was one of the schools and being like, they have a genius hour. Let's go see what the kids are doing um, in fourth and fifth grade during their genius hour and passion projects. And so, it, and then, you know, just going throughout our own district, I mean, because that ball was already rolling. Uh, we you know, threw some race to the top funds and more STEM schools happening. And wow, people are doing this more and more everywhere. So that was huge, I think. And then, then you take that. And, and I think at Westview, when we went, we practically did two or three separate visits. And I think we had almost the whole staff go. Um, at Altona, we took primarily our leadership team. And then our teachers leaders started conveying some messages we would go to things like the camel conferences and explore um you know other middle you know middle schools to watch and just see what they you know things were doing i do i do think that's that's where some of the the meat is because it kind of opens your eyes to wow that's that's a cool way to look at it and mm -hmm. and just so that that's huge I, I mean in terms of taking risks and just building that from the get-go and um, you know, we've been given our teachers get out of jail free monopoly cards pretty much every year and not to like say you ever use this. Right. And I want you to give this to your kids too. just that mentality of your this may not go well, like you may not hit those essential learnings that you thought you were going to hit with this project, but that's okay. Right. I mean, we, that's the learning process. So that's um, that we want to instill that in our kids that part of learning is, yeah is not quite succeeding all the time. Yeah. Um, and, so. and then do you have pretty much the same staff always, and they've just morphed with you? They've just evolved with you? Or have you seen like some people say, oh, no, this is not my gig. And then they've decided to opt out and they went and found someplace else to be. I, I don't think we had too many people leave because of that. I mean, we've had turnover the past six years because we've had veteran, you know, retirements. We have had people move away. We've been growing uh, more in open enrolled schools. So we've increased over 100, 150 students in the past six years. So that just keeps adding, adding on. Um, so we one of we created the Altona way. Like, so when I, and this is, I bring this up because I think it helps get everybody on the same page and, um, one of the things that I heard quite a bit when I came to Altona was the Altona way. And we, it was just like this ingrained culture that we're all on the same page. Like we're all doing things together. The systems of a school are really, really important. The way we talk about assignments and grade and use things, you know, so it's very tight in terms of, um, the organizational structures, 
But when I, I kept, we needed to define the Altona way more and we came up with the Altona way pillars. And then we, we defined what each of those means in for our whole community, not just for students, but for our staff and our parents. And, and what does it mean to learn, to act and to interact? And so our pillars are, are, are um, pride, innovation, grit, teamwork, excellence, and uh, innovation. And so um, we all talk about those things quite frequently with, with our students, with each other. Uh, we give each other awards. We pay, you know, so it's, I think it's modeling that um, and then making sure our new staff that come on board adopt that as well and or feel comfortable being a part of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so is that, would that be a recommendation? Like a little thing that schools could start with is kind of coming up with some kind of a, it sounds like a mission vision, Altona way thing that, that encompasses what everybody believes and kind of rallying around this same idea, being on the same page. Is that, is that a good place to start? I, I would, uh, yeah, hundred percent. You know, what, what's your core values? What do you, and is there a catchy way? Like, you know, the funny thing is with our pillars, we call them the pillars of the Altona way, but the, the way we remember them is piglet um, <laughs> because pride, innovation, you know, grit. So, you know, it's funny, but it's, it works. And it's just like, uh, but it takes us back to that common cause. And if innovation is one of those things and teamwork and excellence, if you think, you know, and also great, you think it's not, you got to be passionate about these things and you got to persevere and you're yeah. still striving for excellence in terms of, test scores, but also in terms of the opportunities and just the, the way we're going to be professionals, you know, and the way we behave, the way we work together, you know, nobody's on that wants to be on an island by themselves. So I think that's kind of, that helped us to find a, and keep going back um, to who we are, um, even through the midst of a pandemic. Um, the key is to, those are still our core values for sure. Yeah. How do you, I'm go sorry, ahead. Tracy, you go. Nope. Your turn. Okay. How do you grade in, in this kind of a system? I mean, it seems like a little bit of a shift from some of the traditional ways that, that we've done things. So like how, mm -hmm. how does grading work or evaluation of kids? And that's, that's still how, you know, we're, we're going to probably have some small professional study teams start digging into feedback this summer. Um, and, and, you know, so we're still, I mean, we work as a system, um, like 70% assessments, 30% um, learning activities, you know, we're a quarter-based grade system. Um, we, we, you know, we still talk about, uh, we use rubrics, um, you know, obviously there's tests and things like that, but, it, you know, I think in terms of grading, you as many opportunities, presentations, videos, you know, storyboards, you know, um, projects, anything like that. And I think quite the core that is getting common rubrics um, that that within departments that everyone's using um, to help have common language. Um, so that's that's part of it. I think there's always there's multiple levels too. So um, there may be um, three different outcomes of an assessment or uh, to assess an essential learning. And one of those could be um, choice based. Um, and one could be more standardized where it's, 
it's going to be maybe a, a, an assessment of some point in terms of like a test or something like that. So you're trying to measure it from a couple different angles. Um, but this summer, I mean, we've been, we started getting into some impact team work about a year or two ago and then the pandemic hit and the heart of that was trying to make sure we were being effective teams and talking about uh, the feedback loop process and making sure the students that are the heart of that learning process in terms of assessment and is there peer, is there peer feedback, is there self-feedback and is that teacher feedback all part of it? Um, and then hopefully there's some opportunities to, to make some, some changes and reflect and, you know, kind of identify where things were off. Still, that's a work in progress though. I, I, I wish I could tell you we, we're a hundred percent dialed in, but I think that's where we're, we're heading now. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, we have one last question we ask all of our guests and that is for you to imagine yourself traveling in a time machine to talk to a younger version of Jeremy. And we would love to know what advice would you give your younger Jeremy? That's a fun question. Um, I would say uh, view, make sure you're viewing uh, conflict and challenges opportunities. Um, try, be okay with leaning into difficult conversations and that you, you, a lot of times through those challenges or conflict, you have an opportunity to listen. You have an opportunity to, to make some changes. You have an opportunity to kind of work you know, just develop a stronger team. Um, you know, sometimes dealing with that stuff's easy to not uh, lean into. Um, and, but the nature of a principal's job is doing that. And I think over the time you get a little better of it uh, each time. Um, but um, that, and I guess I would say passion and perseverance is everything in, in my, you know, whether it's something you're, you want a hobby or your career or, your family, it's like, be passionate about it and be willing to work through the, the duck, you know, persevere and that's how you're gonna grow. Yeah, very good. Thank you so much for sharing. And thanks for taking time out of your busy day. We know you've got plenty on your plate and to share your time with us, we are so grateful. You bet, it was nice talking with you guys. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Thank yeah, you. Take care. All right. All right, have a great day. You too, bye-bye.